Welcome to Free Chapel Spartanburg with Pastor Javon Ruff. Let's join the service in progress. If you have your Bibles, open them up with me this morning to the book of Isaiah. I want to go to the book of Isaiah this morning. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. I'll begin reading at verse 1 while you're turning there or tapping there. Just want to remind you of our Rachel's Army prayer meeting this evening um, back here at 5 o'clock. All of our women that's a part of that and want to be a part of that. It's going to be a powerful time. Um, right here, praying for one hour. Our ladies here, Shanna here, will be leading that. Um, it will be a live time today. We're going to be live pr uh, praying today here. So I want to ask as many of you women that would come out and love to be a part of, of that. I'll be covering families and some other specific things um, concerning the ministry. But it's going to be a great time right here at 5 o'clock. Isaiah chapter 43. Verse 1 says this, Now this is what the Lord says, The one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. I will be with you when you pass through the waters and when you pass through the rivers. They will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire and the flame will not burn you. Verse five, verse three says, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel and your Savior. I have given Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Seba in your place, because you are precious in my sight and honored Listen how the Lord, he's speaking of Israel, but it's also symbolic of his covenant people that he's in covenant with. Notice what he's saying. You're precious in my sight and honored, and I love you, and I will give people in exchange for you and nations instead of your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east. There's a promise right there for you. And gather you, gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give up. And say to the south, do not hold back. Bring my sons, bring my sons from, bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who bears my name and is created for my glory, I have formed them. Indeed, I have made them. For the sake of time, I'm going to jump over. I was going to read a little bit more. But verse 18, jump down, it says this. Do not remember, or some translation says, remember not the former things or the past events. Pay no attention to things of old or the things of old. Behold, look, listen to this. I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the deserts. I love that. I will make a way in the river, a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love that. A very familiar passage of scripture. I'm going to teach on it this morning. But God told his people, he said, remember not the former things or don't remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. 
I am about to do something new. Amen? Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's give yeah, a hand clap to the reading of God's word. He said, I'm about, I'm about to do something new. I desire to do something new. I want to do something new. Oftentimes, when we think about new things or doing something new, when God wrote this particular passage of Scripture to these individual people, the children of Israel, they were at a very critical time in their life and actually a very strategic place in their life. They had found themselves in captivity again, the Scripture tells us, and they were under great bondage. But it is here that God, through the prophet Isaiah, comes to them with a word that says, I recognize your condition. I see where you are. I see what you're going through. I see what you're facing. I see all that is going around you. But God, through his prophet, says to the people, despite what you see and feel and all that surrounds you and what's currently going on, I want you to know that I am still going to do something new and fresh in your life. I know it may not look like it now. I know it may not seem like it now. I know it may not feel like it now, but you need to understand that it is my heart, thank you, to do something new in your life. Are you with me this morning? And what you have to understand is that God had realized that the children of Israel, and I'll, I'll give you my subject in a minute, the reason why he had to come to them in such way and speak to them on this level, because the children of Israel had begun to adopt a wrong attitude. They had begun to have an attitude, watch this, that had become an adversary to their advancement. In other words, the attitude that began to set in them and the mindset that they began to take on had now gotten them to a place where it would hinder them from going to the next level or causing them to advance in what God had destined for their life. And God recognizes it and God sees it. He says, I want to do something new, but understand it's the attitude that you're carrying that's keeping me or will keep you. It's not keeping God, but it's actually keeping you. In other words, you can't allow, listen, your attitude to become an adversary for your advancement. What do you mean? Attitude. It's a subtle way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is relative in a person's behavior. And notice what it said. This is what got me that, that definition, a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. Now, attitude can, attitudes can be good and attitudes can be negative. In this particular case, the attitude was jacked up. Understand your attitude will determine your altitude. Attitudes are like flat tires. You'll never go anywhere until you learn how to change them. Are you following me? I wrote this down in my Bible. Attitude is the difference between success and failure. Attitude, listen, is the profit of your future. Your attitude right now is, profit, is giving you a prophecy of your future. If it's nasty, if it's negative, it's complaining, you're, you're getting a picture of your future. Understand this, that attitude is the difference between success and failure. 
There's only one thing that's more contagious than a good attitude, and that's a bad one. But the right attitude, I love this. A great attitude and a good attitude, watch this. A good attitude will always see, watch this, the opportunities and difficulties. But a bad attitude will always see the difficulty in every opportunity. And the question is that God was proposing, what kind of attitude are you going to have? Because your attitude is going to determine whether or not I get to that next level or step into what God has for my life. Don't let your attitude become an adversary for your advancement. I want to say this, that he said, I want to do something new in your life. Notice what the definition. They had come to a point, watch this, that they had begun to settle in an attitude and in a perspective that was now binding them and keeping them stuck in a life of mediocrity and complacency. And what God is saying through this text, he's saying, I want to unsettle the settling of attitudes or mindsets that you've had concerning your life, concerning your future, concerning your family. I don't want you to live in a state of limitation because of the way you think and the attitude that you have. I'm going somewhere. I'm getting excited. In other words, they had begun, listen to this, they had begun to adapt and take on an attitude or a settled way of thinking that would ultimately hinder them from experiencing the ongoing blessings the miracles and manifestations that a power that God desired to display in their life. And what I'll come this morning with a word and to declare over your life and over mine is that we have got to allow God to unsettle, come on, some settled ways of thinking or attitudes that will hinder his advancement in our life. I don't know about you. I don't, mm, I don't believe that you and I have stepped into God's best for our life. I don't believe that we've reached the totality of what God has for you and me. You have seen some good days. You have seen some great days. You might be in a good season right now. But the thing that God dealt with me about, and I'm going to say this, and someone needs to hear this word this morning, that God is not done with you yet. I said, God is not finished with you yet. Your story is not over. Your book is not complete. Your movie has not come to an end. There is still more that God wants to do in your life and through your life and with your life and by your life. But you cannot have the attitude that just settles for where you are. Anything that settles will always end up at the bottom. And God has not called us to be bottom believers. He said we're the head and not the tail, above only and not believe. So my question this morning, have there, is there areas in your life that you've just settled? I put it like this. Have you settled in areas of your life? Have you settled for average when God has called you to exceptional? Have you settled for good when God has called you to great? Have you settled for less when God says you can have more? Have you settled for a few when God said there's many? Have you settled for just enough when we serve a God that says I'm more than enough? 
Are you just settled with what has been and what you've been used to and what you've been comfortable with? Don't settle for less. My prayer is God unsettle every settled mindset or attitude that's in us that's keeping us into a uh, keeping us in a place that we are not experiencing your best for our life. Listen to this. Prayerless people settle. They refuse refusing to pray is settling. It's settling for what you can do and not what God can do. I want to tell you refusing to engage in worship is settling for a natural experience versus a supernatural encounter with God. Refusing, refusing to give yourself fully to the things of God is settling for a life that is not, will never bring true fulfillment. Yes, he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. And yes, God has given, want us to live the abundant life. But I'm telling you this morning that God has a life for you and I that is greater than where we are right now. And the thing is, is will you believe it? Can you embrace it? or have you just settled right now I'm, I'm going to preach this settled where you are can I just get real this morning you don't have to settle the Bible actually in, in, in the book of Amos they called it a sin to settle God was upset that just they, the, they called it the at ease disease I just want to ease my way just ease take it easy take it easy take it easy no I want to tell you, you don't have to settle. Let me just say this. I feel bold to say, you, you don't have to settle for renting the rest of your life. I don't know where this has come from. Don't you just settle. Well, nobody in my house, my family has ever owned a house. Don't you settle for that. Nobody, you know what? I, nobody else has went to college in my family. Don't you settle for that. I'm going to preach. Well, everybody else ended up in divorce. And, man, my family's all that. I guess this, don't you settle for that. Quit settling with mindsets and mentalities that contradict this word. I do not care where you come. I'm going to preach. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you've been through. I'm not being insensitive. We have got to believe what this word says. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation and old things have passed away and all things have become new. When you stepped in Christ, you moved from disadvantage, come on, to advantage. You came out of cursing and jumped into blessing. You came out of defeat and start walking in victory. You are not the scum of the earth. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You are God's people. He told you from the beginning, I called you by name. I redeemed you. I created you. For me, you are my pleasure. And God has not made any mistakes in creating your life. Mm. I feel a teach preach. You got to understand that we serve a God of new things. Shout new things. Psalms 41, 40 and 1 says, he has put a new song in my mouth. Lamentations 3 said, he's the God of new mercies. John 13 says, I'll give you a new covenant. John 19, 41 says, Jesus' body was laid in a new sepulcher. Hebrews chapter 8 says, he made a new covenant. Hebrews chapter 20 says, he made a new and living way. 2 Peter 3, 13 says, he made the new heavens. 2 Corinthians, I just said it to you, said that if any man be in Christ, he is a 
a new creation. Revelation 21.5 says, I make all things new. God wants to do something in your life. Am I at the right church this morning? Is anybody open for God to do something fresh and new in your life? So he comes, he says, I've got to unsettle this settled way of thinking that you have. And the scripture said this, watch this, how, 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 how are we going to do it? Deuteronomy chapter two, this verse really spoke to me. Deuteronomy chapter two, they're going to put it up. Verse one, it says, you have skirted this mountain. And the Lord spoke to me saying, ooh, God. <laughs> then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of, of wilderness of the way of the Red Sea. Listen, this is God uh, speaking to Moses, Moses speaking, as the Lord spoke to me, and we skirted Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me saying, listen to this, verse 8, you have skirted or circled this mountain long enough. He said, now it's time to turn northward. This is what I put in my notes. You have been at this place long enough. You have circled this mountain. I'm preaching to someone. I'm not giving you some little sermon, but I believe there's a prophetic utterance on what I'm saying. You've been in this cycle long enough. You've been in this circle long enough. You've been going around this mountain too long enough, but right now you are at a turning point. You are at a transition and God is saying that this is the time to break the cycle and move northward. I am ready to do something new. Notice they were there for 38 years circling that same mountain. Well, the Bible says in the New Testament, there was a man that laid lame for 38 years. Isn't it funny that they kept being going in circles and ending up in a lame place or a paralyzed place when God wanted to take them further? But I come to declare this morning that somebody in this room, under the sound of my voice, today is your turning point. You are not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You're not just here, another joker up there sweating and looking crazy on a platform but your word is this is your turning point no more going in circles no more going through the same cycles it's time for you to go northward how do I do it he said there's three things you got to be reminded of it's going to take transformation I'm going to give you these three quick quick points it's going to take transformation it's going to take expectation, and it's going to take determination. I'm going to say it again. It's going to take transformation. Say transformation. It's going to take expectation, and then it's going to take a little bit of determination. Are you ready? Transformation. Romans chapter 12 says this. It says this, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. There it is that you may prove what is the good and acceptable will of God. Notice God began to deal with their thinking. He said, notice what he said. I'm going to get into this. He said, remember not the former things. He's talking about their mind. I got to get in your head. I got to, I got to lay an ax to the root of that negative attitude. I I've got to dig up that settled way of thinking that's not consistent with my plan for your life. It says, be not conformed in this world. One translation said, don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. Don't allow the world and the world system begin to dictate 
dictate to you what you can and cannot do if it's not consistent with what I said about you. See, in other words, I put it like this to make it easier. You got to resist the temptation to be conformed to the world. You've got to renew your mind through the Bible and prayer. And we have to watch this. The third thing is this, is recognize God's will and plan for your life is way better than anything that this world can offer you. You've got to renew, come on somebody, you've got to resist and you've got to recognize God has a good plan for me. God has a great plan for me. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans, watch this, to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. God's plans for your life is good, but you've got to allow your mind to be renewed and get rid of stinking thinking. Because your mindset will determine your life set. What you set your mind on is what you'll see in your life. Oh, God. I'm not yelling at you. I'm passionate. You know why? Because we're not going to be a bunch of settling saints. We're not going to be a, come on somebody, I'm going to stir and preach and pray and fast and intercede till I run every piece of mediocrity out of all of us. We're going to be a people that believe God for his best, for our lives, for our families, for our children, for our church, for our careers, for our calling, come on, for our city, for our state, and for our nation. God needs the saints that won't have settling attitudes. Notice this. Can I say this? God reminds them. He said, remember who I am. I'm your creator. I'm your ruler. I'm your redeemer. I'm your deliverer. I love that. I'm going to say that. I want to remind you this morning, your God, he's your creator. He's your ruler. He's your redeemer. He's your deliverer. Understand this, that what God was, I love this. He said, I'm your deliverer. I got I to hit this point really quick. Because he said, I want to remind you of this right here. He said, I want to remind you of who I am. But he also said, I want to remind you of what I've done. Here we go. What is he talking about? When he said in our text really quick, he said, thus saith the Lord who makes us a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who bring forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Mm. You know what he's saying? Can I, can I go? He said, this is how I'm going to start renewing your mind by causing you, watch this, to remember. I want you to think about who, back who I am and what I did. Do you look back over your life? Do you remember when I liberated you from Egypt? Do you remember he's saying how I kept you through the wilderness? Do you remember how I brought you into the promised land? He said, remember how I brought you through those waters? You were standing at a place and the enemy Pharaoh and his army was pursuing you and it looked like you didn't have any way out. It looked like you were stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh, there was waters before you and an enemy behind you. But the Bible said that God through an angel, he had a cloud by day and a fire by night. And the scripture said that cloud, it shifted from leading in front of them 
to coming between them and the enemy. I got to preach this because it came a point that God says in one season I was leading you but now in this season I'm intervening for you because he became but oh God between them and the enemy and the scripture said he became light to the children of Israel and he became darkness to the enemy. Can I tell you right now that even in dark times in this earth while a whole world can be going through darkness God said I know how to light up my people and shine on them and favor on them. Come on somebody and he said did you not remember how I kept you? How I provided for you? Look down at your shoes. Look down at your feet. Your shoes didn't wear out. I kept heat on your feet. Can I say that for my teenager? I kept heat on your feet. Your shoes never wore out. Your clothes never wore out. You're, 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 you never ran out of food. I supplied all your needs. I was with you along the way. Do you remember how I brought you through the Red Sea? And I didn't just bring you through. I brought you through on dry ground because I don't want, watch this, I don't want you have muddy tracks in the present from where you walked in the past. I don't want no... I just said something. I don't want you to have muddy tracks in the presence from where you walked through the past because when I save you, whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. Y'all gonna, gonna cause me to lose about two pounds up here. But let me give it to you like this. You said, but Pastor Javon, that was the children of Israel. You're exactly right. But I want you to take a moment and remember, I dare you to look back over your life. Maybe you didn't come through a Red Sea. Maybe you didn't get bogged down in a mud hole. Maybe you didn't go through. You, you, maybe your shoes did wear out. But I don't know. But can you look back, take about 10 seconds in your mind to look back over your life. The things that should have killed you that didn't kill you. The things that should have happened that didn't happen. You came out, you came over, you came through. Isn't it amazing that the doctor's report was not true? Isn't it amazing that the wreck didn't kill you? The drugs didn't take you out? Somebody told you you'd never recover from going through a divorce, but look at your nice, sanctified, saved self now. You doing all right. Yes, it hurt. Yes, you went through pain. Yes, it was hard, but look what the Lord has done. I dare you to take a moment to look back over your life and say, God, has been faithful and good to me. I did have to cry. I did have to weep. I did have to fast. I didn't know what I was going to do. But somehow, some way, the Lord has seen me through. I got to hurry. And then he said, watch this. He said, now forget it. Read your Bible. He said, now forget it. He said, remember it? He said, and then he said, remember not. <laughs> he said, remember it, but now forget it. Why would you say that, God? He said, because I want your past, even the good, watch this, to only be a reference, not your present revelation. You've heard it said that the rearview mirror is much smaller than the windshield. You don't drive according to the rearview mirror. You just look up for reference from behind. But you look through the windshield because where you're going is a whole lot bigger than what's behind you. And he said, I know it was good because see, some of us camp out at past victories too long. 
We come under the spirit of I remember when. 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 I remember when the good old days and the good old days and the good old days and the good old days. I remember when. And I am not discrediting any of that. And neither did God. But what God was saying, he said, I'm about to give you a new exodus, children of Israel. And he said, the mindset and the mentality I want you to have is I will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ever ask or think. I want you to unsettle that mindset and way of thinking that I will only operate in the present, how I operated in the past. Don't you just see me through the eyes of repeating myself, but dare to believe that right now I can do something fresh and new that you have never seen. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. And yet has it entered into the heart of man except that which the Holy Spirit reveals. Somebody say transformation. He said, don't look at the former things. He said, neither the things of the old. He said, behold, watch this. I'll do a new thing. Number two, real quickly, say expectation. Notice the word behold. Say behold. Say it again. Say behold. One more time. Behold. 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 It means to see. It means to open up your eyes. It means to realize. Listen to this. When it says, behold, understand the Bible says that where there's no vision, people perish. And what he's saying, behold, I need you to go from sight to vision. Okay. I need you to not just focus on what you see in your eyes, but I need you to get a vision in your spirit. That's why the, it's critical to be in worship atmospheres. And it's critical to be in the word of God because the Bible says when we open face, behold him through the mirror of the word of God, the Holy Spirit would begin to paint pictures on the canvas of your imagination and begin to show you pictures of possibility. Because I've learned when sometimes when God gives you a promise, he'll often have to also give you a picture. Because sometimes your predicament, watch this, contradicts the promise. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you look around that there's nothing that resembles the promise. And God said in that moment, so you don't lose, I'm preaching to somebody, sight of the promise. I want to give you a picture. Want me to give you some scripture to substantiate it? Good, I was going to do it anyway. Remember what he told Abram. He gave Abram a promise. He said, I know you're an old man. You ain't got it going on like you used to. You're well up there in your age, and so is your wife. He said, but you, my God, I'm going to do a new thing in an old place. And he said, you are going to be blessed with children. You are going to be fruitful and multiply. I believe Abraham looked down and looked at himself and he looked at Sarah. He said, Do what? <laughs> yeah, I said it just like that. Do what? Yeah, and God and Abraham said, Wait a minute. You gave me a promise. Have you seen this picture? It's, have you seen that? No, no, I'm just playing. Have you, have you seen this? 
The Bible said all things are naked and open before your sight, so I know you know what's going on. (laughs) And God said, I know you're struggling with the promise. He said, but Abraham, let me give you a picture. And you know what he did? He said, come outside. You know what he was saying? I don't want you to get settled in this way of thinking because you don't see it looking like what I told you. I don't want you to stay under the roof of limitation. Notice he had to bring him outside because as long as he stayed inside, there's a ceiling. Sometimes God have to bring you outside of your place of familiarity to get you to see some stuff that you wouldn't see if you only stayed where you used to be. My God, sometimes God had to move you even from people, even from places, even from situations. Uh, and sometimes you got sit well, almost go ahead and say sometimes he got to move you away from family for a little while because they can be the most the biggest critics to you stepping into something new because they don't want to do nothing. Oh, I can't get no amen there. But he said, "Come outside." And he said, look up the scripture said and God gave him a picture of the stars and he said so shall your seed be if that's not enough I'm going to take you and give you a picture of Myrtle Beach I'm just lying he said look at the ocean he said count the sand on the sea and he said so shall your seed be and all of a sudden Abraham quit looking at his picture because now he had God's picture and when he had God's picture it helped him to hold on to the promise God will give you a picture to keep you standing on the promise he said can you see it can you see it can you see it can you see it Joshua see this day I've given you Jericho he's looking at a wall but God said see it see it is yours Jeremiah see this day I've anointed you as a prophet to the nation Elijah to his servant all he saw was the enemy surrounding them and Elijah said go look again and he began to pray and he said God open up his eyes that he might see and when that servant went back out again he said my God my God my God he said There's angels surrounding what I thought that was surrounding me. In other words, what God is saying, can you see it before you seize it? Can some of you see yourself in a better situation? Can you see yourself better than where you are now? Can you see yourself walking in victory? Can you see yourself healed and whole? Can you see yourself having peace and comfort and not just anxiety and depression? Can you see yourself walking in courage and boldness and not just timidity and shame and condemnation? Can you see yourself? And I'm praying that God would give us a picture today that we begin to see that, you know what? That's why he started out telling them who they were because he had to say, I got to get you to start seeing yourself like I see you. The giants never saw the, the children of Israel as grasshoppers. That is not what the scripture said. The Bible said they looked at the giants. Listen to this. And they saw themselves as grasshoppers. 
And so they were in the eyes of the enemy. Could it be that how you see yourself is how Satan will see you? I want to ask you, how do you see you? How do you see you this morning? How do you see you this morning? My prayer is that God would begin to enlighten our eyes of understanding. That's what the Apostle Paul prayed for. He prayed this in one of the most, watch this, the biggest churches, the most spiritual churches, most mature churches, the church at Ephesus, Ephesians. But you know what Paul said? Go, go check me out, Ephesians chapter 1. He said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. I pray that you would know the hope of your calling. I pray that you would know what is the exceeding and greatness of his power to usward that believe. The same power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead that same power is inside of you and you know what he was saying to even a mature church that was doing things they were walking in authority they were walking in power they were walking in anointing they were having an influence they had great 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 prosperity upon their life but what Paul was saying you hadn't seen it all there's more I guess that's my heart this morning. There's more. There's more. And I'm not trying to give you some carnal thing. And when I say more, I'm not talking about material thing. I'm not talking about, it could be, I'm not talking about that. But you got to see yourself that God is not done with me yet. I was praying in here last night, telling all I heard, I was walking back, telling him I'm not done. I'm not done. Somebody need to hear that. Somebody, the enemy, has been coming with subtle voices of settling. Well, you know what? Hey, you've done enough. You've just done this. You just, just need to chill out and you just need to settle down now. You just need to settle, 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 settle down. No. Especially the church. How can we settle as long as souls are at stake? How can we ever settle as long as people are walking in darkness, as long as people don't know Jesus Christ, as long as people are being deceived by the enemy? How can we ever settle? Just look at the news and we can't settle. Because if the church settles, the world is going to continue to go to the bottom. But God has not called you and I to settle. But he said, I need you to see it. And last but not least, he said, I, I need you to have transformation expectation. But then he said, I need you to be determined, have determination. Because it said, shall you not know it? It shall spring forth. And I'll make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Watch this. It shall spring forth. That word spring forth, that phrase means sprout. It means germination. When something is germinating, come on somebody, help me. It's a seed in the ground that's growing, but you can't see it. If you were to look at the ground, it looked like nothing is happening. It looks like dormant ground. But what God said, shall you not know, will you not embrace? It's springing forth. Oh, watch this. It's in process. It's in route. 
Matter of fact, okay, you don't believe me looking at me like I'm partly cloudy. Mark chapter 4. Let me just give you scripture. I love scripture because then you ain't got to get a man's opinion. If they can put up Mark chapter 4, 4 please. For the earth yields crop by itself. Watch this. Somebody say first. The blade. Then the head. And after that, the full grain in the head. Okay, first the blade. If you go back and study, it's an agricultural text that Jesus is, is teaching the principle of process. And what he's saying is, the earth yields its crop by itself. What he's talking about is you won't see anything for a season, but then there will come a blade, a little bitty something, something. Come on, somebody. And you'll be like, I thought, you know, I planted that seed two years ago. I wrote that in my journal six months ago. God spoke to me in that morning in prayer about that. And that's what I'm coming. God said, go in there and, and break up and, and, and stir it up again and remind them of the seeds that I sown in their spirit two years ago, three years ago, six months ago, and you've actually forgotten about it. But I'm here to affirm and confirm that it shall spring forth. Your seed is in germination. And just because you haven't seen it yet, it doesn't mean that it's not working. Even when I don't see it, I know that he is working. And the picture that it paints is, watch this. Have you ever seen grass grow up through a concrete, go through concrete, and it breaks it up? You would think that how can a little bitty blade of grass break something so thick and so strong. You know what it represents? God is saying what I planted in you, what I gave you, what I called you to do, it's been germinating, it's been in process, and nothing can stop it. I don't care what's trying to put a limitation. Oh, God, I don't care what's trying to get you to settle because no concrete settles. My God, I don't know what's trying to get you to settle and cover you and limitate you and, 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 and limitate Limit you, my God, I'm limitating. Limit you in what I've called you to do. I don't care how big, how hard, how strong it is. It will not stop what's about to break through in your life. If you will be determined, if you'll walk in expectation and allow me to continue to renew your mind. Don't let the settled ways of thinking keep you from stepping in to what God has called you to do. Stand to your feet. Mm. And I'm ending with this. Put up my scripture in, in Kings. Second Kings 317. It's my last point. Mm. Because some of you, you said, Pastor, you just don't know the situation I'm in right now. You don't know the struggles I'm facing. You don't know what's around. You don't know how crazy my job is right now. I hear what you're saying, but I don't know. I'm facing some crazy stuff. I'm, you just don't know. You, you don't know, know what I'm in right now. You don't want know, know what I'm going through right now. You're right, I don't. But I know who does. Here's a word for somebody right here. For thus saith the Lord, you shall not see wind. Watch this nor shall you see rain. Somebody say, yet? Yes. Let me throw this in. Say, but God. but God. 
that valley, that low place shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, so you, your cattle, your family, your children, come on, your business, your career, your calling may drink or have plenty or have enough. But wait a minute, let me show you. You missed it. What he's saying, there's not going to be any wind and it's not going to be any rain. Well, how in the world is it going to fill up with water? In a valley, in a dry place. Here it is. What I'm saying to you and what God is saying, the conditions don't have to be conducive for me to bless you. The conditions don't have to be conducive to where you are right now. I don't need the wind. I don't need the water. I don't need the rain. If I need blessing to come down in your valley, I'll use a bird to bring it if I have to. I'll use a fish to bring it if I have to. I don't need everything to line up so it can fill up. I am God. I'll create it. I'll bring it. I'll bless it. I'll break it through in any way that I can because I am God. I don't need your conditions to be conducive. But what I do need is you to unsettle settle ways of thinking. Throw your hands up right now. Close your eyes and say, Lord, unsettle. Come on, do it right now. Say unsettle. Unsettle any subtle ways of thinking. Come on, unsettle. So I'm on, you tell him. I'm not going to do You tell him. So, and don't let pride get in. I'm good where I'm at. You settled for, you're settling with pride. There's more. I'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all you could ever ask or think. I'll do, I think of the greatest thing I've done for you and I'll exceed that. Don't you put me in a box. Don't you limit me. Don't you say what I can't do. I don't care them children still acting crazy. Don't you tell me I won't bring them from home. That's why I read that scripture. He said, I'll bring your descendants home. Don't you tell me I can't do it. Good God, that's what you just prayed for saying. Don't tell me I can't do it. Say, Lord, unsettle right now. Come on. I had to unsettle some things in my own life. I had to repent of some things. Just mindsets and mentalities. I just settled and settled and settled and it happened to us all. But that's why God said, I come to break up the fallow ground this morning. I come. You know, a ground has to be broken up so it can receive fresh, fresh seed. It can receive fresh. Come on. It prepares itself so it can receive fresh instructions, fresh impartation. The Holy Spirit wants to paint on the canvas of your imagination a new picture. I know you got a promise and you kind of got weary but God wants to give you a picture this morning so father right now in the name of Jesus I ask you Holy Spirit the Bible said eyes have not seen ears have not heard and yet has it entered into your heart the things that God has for you except by his spirit, he revealed them. In other words, here it is. There's only some things that's going to come by revelation of the spirit. 
Notice he said, your eyes and your ears, you're limited. The Holy Spirit is unlimited. But he's going to put, come on, the unlimited one is going to put limitless vision in a limited vessel. But he said, it's not coming from you. Quit looking at what you, quit talking about what you can't do. Quit talking about what you ain't got. My English is terrible this morning. Quit talking about what you can't do. Quit talking about who didn't give you a chance. Quit talking about who ain't did this and who ain't did that and who didn't do this and who didn't did that and I come from this and I come from that. Away with that. Don't tell him he can't do it. Don't tell him he can't do it. Your eyes, your ears, your ability can't. But his spirit can. For more information about this message or to join us at one of our live services at Free Chapel Spartanburg, visit freechapel.org Spartanburg. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you soon at Free Chapel Spartanburg.